All right, Untitled MMA Podcast listeners, we had some fucking technical difficulties at the beginning of the show for like the first 20, 25 minutes. It's all fucked. It's totally fucked. I deeply apologize for all the issues we had. There might be some weird edits in there. The audio cuts out. But after about 20, 25 minutes, it does get better. Uh, so I apologize. It will be better next week. Bryce's connection was trash. So let's all tweet at him, tell him he's trash, his internet connection's trash, and we blame him for everything that's wrong. So that's it. Thanks. Bye. This is Untitled MMA. Untitled MMA Podcast, March 11th, 2018, coming off of UFC. 19, 2019, wrong year, buddy. Did I say 2018? You did. I wish I was another year younger, but I'm not, so it's 2019. Uh, coming off of UFC Wichita, Junior Dos Santos and Derek Lewis. Bryce, you're going to have to go get headphones after all. Um, before we get started, though, I'm. let's see if we can time this before when Bryce gets back. I'm Buju. I am Brendan. I'm Bryce! <laughs> <laughs> So we're trying a new way of recording the show this week. Bryce is coming through on Facebook call instead of Skype for the first time. The audio sounds way better. He's just His audio is like a little choppy as of right now. Hopefully it gets better as the show goes on, but I think overall it's a better deal. So this might be the move going forward as long as it sounds good uh, after editing and everything. But like I said, we're coming off USC Wichita, headlined by Derek Lewis and Junior Dos Santos. Um, we, all knew, we all thought that Junior Dos Santos was going to win that fight. Um, it kind of pretty much went how I expected. Derek Lewis landed some bombs, but Junior Dos Santos just mm-hmm. looked like the better striker and the better fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, when he played possum, and I think he was legitimately hurt. Yeah, he was with that body kick. But when he exploded like that, that was pretty cool. I thought he was gonna do it like uh, we'd seen once before, just before I was a fan. I don't even know who it was that got killed by playing possum. Derek Lewis just like he's like at his most dangerous when he's completely down and out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's folded up holding the second his... you try to the second you try to rush in and be ultra aggressive, that's when he can uh hit you with a counter, that's definitely when he's at his best. He's folded up against the cage looking like he's done and just throws a fucking bomb at Junior Dos Santos and staggers of Junior backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does this mean for Junior Dos Santos going forward? I mean, it looks like he's very, very close to getting a title shot in 2019. Okay. 18, yeah. you ask. <laughs> um, it's a complicated situation because ultimately it's what Daniel Cormier wants to do. If he fights Brock Lesnar, everything's thrown in limbo because Francis Igano has a legitimate uh, argument for a title shot. Stipe still thinks he has a legitimate uh argument for one and then obviously jds also does to me grand prix let's do it whether junior fights whether francis fights for the belts or whether whether brock fights for the belt whoever i think junior's next fight is a should be a title eliminator whether that's against francis and gano because 
Daniel Cormier's fighting Brock or whatever. I think JDS's next fight should be a title eliminator either way. I agree. I, without looking Who do you at, think it's going to be? I think Francis gets the next shot for the belt. So I don't think it'll be that, obviously. But um, Do you think is ever going to fight that isn't for the belt? Stipe and uh, JDS have a split series right now, so maybe that ends up being the move. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I loved that first fight. The second one wasn't quite as competitive, but JDS has shown uh, qu- to be quite good in 2019. As the anti-trilogy guy, Brennan, what do you think about a third fight between Stipe? I'm anti-2-0 trilogy. There's a big difference. Okay. Well, splits, I though. felt like you were very anti Connor Nate 3. Yeah, that's the only situation yeah. where I'm against split. And that's only because they're not finding out their actual weight. And it also, I'm more of a title fighter type of guy for Connor rather than just give him a money-making fight. So what do you think about Stipe versus JDS for a third fight, winner fights, whoever the champion may be at that time? That's what it should be, so that's what I like. I'm da- I, Now that I, uh, we've spoken into existence, hopefully, I think that's the move. Yeah, I think that uh, yeah. Stipe should fight JDS June 8th in Chicago. <laughs> I'm down for that. But um, I, it just, I think Francis deserves the title fight based on where he's been. We've spoken at length that Stipe should not be getting a title shot right now. Um, mm-hmm. JDS has put himself back into contention where one more win gets him there. I think that makes the most sense for everybody, especially with the champion who's about to retire. You're not really sure what's going on. Um, and the, something happens where whoever wins that Stipe-JDS fight doesn't end up fighting Cormier then you still have a legit number one contender, and then they fight whoever they may fight for a vacant belt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that there's a chance that DC just doesn't fight and just retires? I think he definitely fights one more time. I think so, too. I just what? think I saw something on Twitter. That, Who that I mean, is? It is possible. Who that is, I don't know. I, if I had to guess, I would say Francis, but uh, we never really know until it happens. And even times it isn't a for sure thing. Like I said somewhat recently, the farther away we get the farther away we get from a Brock fight being announced, the less I believe it's going to happen. At this point, like I don't I'm not looking for for that at all. Uh oh, we lost Bryce. But I think that pretty much covers heavyweight, yeah? Yes. I'm very flustered by what's going on right now. Go ahead. Um when after J he had the crowd sing with him happy birthday to his son as an odd moment. That was very wild. I wasn't a fan and then of on it. On ESPN Snapchat, uh, they said JDS won the heavyweight title in Wichita, Kansas. Did they really? Like, whoa. Yeah, it was bad. I was watching the on the ESPN Plus app when he was so when he started singing happy birthday. I turned it off. I couldn't watch it live. It was too cringy. It was definitely terrible. It's very cringy. UFC enjoyed it, though. UFC fans seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, UFC and ESPN fucking loved that he did that. It was very cringy to me. They loved the cringe. Sent you guys that video of uh, the Derek Lewis song they made out of quotes, Mm -hmm. and it was bad. It was was legitimately awful. That was also very cringy. Um, What else did I want to bring up? Oh, as far as that card goes, there was not a whole lot to talk. Whole, whole lot to talk about, it, I don't think. But Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos could be a legitimate contender at 170. Bryce, it, he looked really good in that fight. I watched it this morning, and I mean, it was pretty surgical. His performance. Hold on a second. 
moving on from last night's card because I'm very flustered. I don't know what I want to say anyway. You want to talk about the Conor McGregor documentary that we're supposed to talk about last week? Sure. Who wants to lead the charge? Brendan. Why Brendan? Because you just watch it. I what? You made us going on this train, so you lead the conversation. Um. First off, Booju said he had difficulty understanding their accents. Did you have trouble understanding them? Because I thought it was very clear. No, I think they just cannot understand anyone that isn't American, and it's crazy to me. That's not I true. I think at Darren all. Till at times is difficult here, but literally everyone else is very clear. So you think it was easy listening to what they were saying? Yes. I, I do too. He, no this, problem. this man had to use fucking subtitles, which are awful. <laughs> if you use subtitles, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, if you use subtitles for a speaking movie, you're not very good. My ex-girlfriend used subtitles, so I, I guess that automatically makes her a piece of shit, which she was. Damn. Okay, for one, I submitted that it very much could be because of the shitty speakers on my television. A. B, I've never had a problem understanding Conor McGregor before. So let's not fucking go with the slander where I can't understand accents. We had Simon on this show. I understood him very clearly. I can understand an accent. God damn it. Did we lose Bryce? But um, I don't know how to lead the charge. Um, I just think the documentary where it was awesome. I Like I said before previously, but I didn't really get into depth with it. They could have definitely dragged it out longer. They definitely need to make a part two because at the ending, excuse me, there's like they just fly through the the boxing match and they fly through the Nate Diaz match and there's not really any content on it, no build-up like there was for the Aldo fight or the Mendes fight. So doing mm-hmm. like a build-up for the last two fights and his maybe his fight with uh, Khabib as well could make it so much better. Even though it's already like an hour and a half, I can watch that for fucking five hours if they made it that long. Not only because I love Conor, but it was, it was a pretty good documentary. What did you think about the overall style of it where it wasn't like a sit-down interview type of documentary and it wasn't like a narrated type documentary. It was basically just footage of Conor McGregor's life, I guess, in the lead up to the fights. That's way better than sit downs. Who wants to listen to sit downs randomly here, here, and there? I think that was dumb. I just I like the way it was. I mean, I guess they could have incorporated a couple sit down conversations, but the way it was was awesome. Like him recording him fight, and after he's like training, he's all sweaty, and after training, then he talks about stuff, or he's with his family, he's with his friends, he's with his wife. It's more realistic. You get in the life of Conor McGregor, which is awesome. Bryce. Yeah, I definitely like the fact that um, it was essentially just a bunch of clips that they put together in a chronological order to describe his life and at. Uh, like that leading up to the fights because even though for some of those there were things like UFC embedded, it shows just another dimension of who Conor McGregor is as a person. And um, I do agree that some it would definitely be nice if they would have had some sit-down conversations. And it definitely, to touch on what Brendan said earlier, would have been nice to have more detail going into the Eddie Alvarez fight or Floyd Mayweather. But like we've talked about off-camera, it might have just been they stopped filming then and these things happened. I liked the style. Except for part two. I liked the style. I thought it was basically an hour and a half long Conor McGregor episode in Embedded. You know what I mean? That's what it felt yeah, like. Yeah, but better. Um, my biggest takeaway, I think, was how injured he actually was going into the 
It was supposed to be the fight against Jose Aldo, but it ended up being against Chad Mendez. Fighters always say that they have injuries going into a fight, and we've heard that Conor McGregor was injured going into that fight. But I think the documentary makes you realize how real that those injuries were going into the biggest fight of his career at that time. And a very tough yeah. matchup with Chad, uh, taking Chad Mendez on short notice instead of Jose Aldo, who he'd been preparing for for six months by that time. Yeah, 100%. I thought that uh, it really is, like I said, just another dimension into the life of Conor McGregor and that run really is. Uh, this is a, I can't ask Bryce this question because I already know the answer. But Brendan, did this make did this change your opinion on Conor McGregor in a positive way? It didn't change it, but it furthered the love that I have for him. It definitely made me like him a little more. Again, I'm a little more on the Conor McGregor train than I was two weeks ago. That being said, uh, uh, you're you're a Conor ho. You're on. You're off. You're on. You're off. If this Cowboy Conor uh, fight happens, which is what we're talking about next, I'm still Team Cowboy. And, I'm and you guys are very much not Team Cowboy, which is upsetting. It's definitely it's upsetting that you're not a Connor fan, or you're not rooting for Connor when Connor was your number one or two, probably your number two, three years ago. Which is understanding. He shouldn't still. have been on his Connor McGregor bullshit then for three years. Well, you changed. But, but that's just Connor McGregor, man. Roll with the punches. Let's not act like this is the same Connor McGregor that I was the biggest fan of, though, either. Like that was before the Brooklyn, the thing in Brooklyn. It was before the fighting Floyd and all the other nonsense we've had to deal with in Conor McGregor. With Conor McGregor since the uh, first Nate fight. Mm-hmm. Was that the changing point in Conor McGregor? Um, the first Nate fight. Yes. Uh, I mean, I would definitely say that leading up to that, even when it was RDA. It just felt a little bit different. It didn't... You're going to have to repeat that. After, in the entire lead-up, even when it was still RDA, it just didn't feel necessarily like everything before it. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's because it he It didn't went... necessarily... Go ahead. He fir- he he turned into the superstar, which obviously changed him. He went from fighting in his division, staying in his division, doing what he has to do, from going from what he has to do to do whatever he wants. Like he had to fight these these opponents to get to the title match. He got the title match, and after that, he's doing whatever he wants. He's going up to one seventy and fighting Nate. So him doing whatever he wants kind of fucks him, and he doesn't have anything to fight for because he already made it. I say this all the time, but I blame it on his, his success. He made the money. He's rich now. Who gives a fuck? That's why he changed. I don't necessarily blame him because he did it for the fame. But do you think the, for the that first Nate fight was the turning point? Or do you think it was the Jose Aldo win or the Chad Mendez win or the Eddie Alvarez win? Where do you think that the – because there was definitely a turn in Conor McGregor at some point. It definitely happens after every fight. It just It's like turning the knob. You turn it more and more and more after each win. And after the Aldo fight, 13 seconds, fucking your head's going to be hyped, and it was for him. So, yeah. Do you think the UFC's handled Conor McGregor incorrectly? I think when you give somebody, someone too much leeway, it just furthers what they're doing even more. And for him, he's acted out like he's, like the incident in Brooklyn or whatever, and he's doing whatever he's want, which is keeping him inactive as a fighter in a sense. I mean, you can't necessarily force him to fight. You can't fucking be his little babysitter or anything. But, you know, it's so hard because this is this guy's making UFC money, so how are they going how would they handle it better if they 
change their ways. They can piss them off, and this is their money-making guy. You know what I mean? So it's a hard situation for the UFC. Bryce? Um, in terms of if the UFC mishandled Connor, I, I think that it's just too hard to say whether or not he did because at this point, Conor McGregor is synonymous with the UFC. He is the biggest pay-per-view seller in MMA history. He, I mean, he's your meal ticket if you are WNEIGN, whatever it is that they're calling more. Um, and it's hard to say that they mishandled it. Maybe letting him come back and fight Khabib after that whole incident was a poor choice, but I mean, it also sold a bajillion pay-per-views, so. I also, that's like way past the point of what I'm thinking of, like, was there a point where the UFC should have put their foot down and said, no, we're not doing this? Or did they never really have a choice because Conor McGregor was always going to get with Con- what Conor McGregor wanted post probably the Mendez fight? The only time that they should have possibly put their fo- foot down was the second Nate fight happening before anything else. I'm thinking. Especially at 170. Because they, they were giving him a fight at 170 against Rafael Dos Anjos, for, or at 155 against Rafael Dos Anjos yeah. for that belt. Who's that, going to get there anyway? Because he was done fighting at Featherweight. But, like, they let him do that. They let him take the Nate fight, like you said, before anything else when he's still holding the Featherweight belt at that time, right? Yes. What's the point of fighting Nate at 170? You don't gain nothing. I mean, you win in a higher weight class, but... <laughs> Because he wanted to prove that he can beat Nate at 170 because that first fight was at 170, right? Yes. No, what's the point mm-hmm. of the... Ske- Why would you jump to the second fight? What's the point of scheduling the first fight? Because so Nate didn't have to cut all the way down to 155. What's the point of fighting Nate at yeah. all? What do you mean? Already pulled out because of an injury. And Nate's not a... Like, Nate, what is Nate... Nate was going to give... Was that for... It wasn't for an interim bell or anything. You don't no. get anything. No, it was for nothing. Connor exactly. was fighting because he had a fight schedule, and Connor doesn't pull out of fights. That's why he fought Nate Diaz. Instead of Rafael dos Santos, kind of wild. Do you think that was an error on Conor McGregor's part? Well, obviously it was because he lost, but uh, I mean, not really because he's there to he's there to make money. But like I said earlier, I'm a title guy or whatever. What, fighting at 170, all you prove is that you're you can win in another weight class. You're not holding another belt. I mean, it benefits your legacy, but it also can diminish it, and it obviously did. I just don't. I just think it's dumb. Why Nate? Bryce. Because he was talking that crap before. And I mean, fuck Nate. I could give you a whole anthology if we had a, a much to just do a whole story on the UFC career. If you just look. You're gonna have to say all that over again. <laughs> do you have an Ethernet? Sure, cable? I can tell you everything if we had a better connection. Do you have an Ethernet cable? No. Well, this is bad. Anyways, um. I, this It throws me off every time that we have fucking issues, and it's very frustrating. This episode stinks, and I'm frustrated by it. Anyways, Conor McGregor. Somebody continue on Conor McGregor, please. I think that, I mean, like we've talked about before, that the Cowboy fight is the one that makes the most sense, both for Conor McGregor, the UFC, Cowboy, literally everyone involved. Cowboy gets a big payday and a legitimate contender to get him closer to a potential title shot. Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor needs to... Needs a win, and Cowboy is. I mean, he's going to be game to talk at all these press conferences. It's not necessarily going to be a great back and forth battle, but I don't think there's anyone in the UFC that can uh, out talk Gregor. 
Yeah, it makes sense for both fighters, like you said. Makes more sense for Connor, I believe. So I, it's hard to say. It makes sense for both of them, which is good for both of them, which makes it a great fight. And like, not Connor needs a fight where he is fighting a lesser opponent, such as not fighting Khabib, not fighting Tony, he's fighting Cerrone, a lower level guy. Although he's obviously a contender, because in the fat, last like four fights in the UFC, he's like two and he's like one and two, two and one. He's not. He doesn't have a good record from knocking people out, knocking people out, knocking people out, winning a belt. Now he's been on the down roll of his career from losing one of two fights to Nate and losing to Khabib. So he definitely needs a win for his resume and his legacy. So what do you think about this supposed news or the reason this fight isn't happening as of right now is because the UFC wants it to be a co-main event? A, do you believe that? Because I don't know if I do. If UFC wants co-main, that's what they're telling Connor and Cowboy because they don't want that fight at all. That's all that it is. They understand that Conor McGregor is the main attraction no matter what. They also understand that a main event could be three rounds because Israel Adesanya and Anderson Silva was just a main event that was three rounds. It doesn't it, – it's only – if that's truly the case, that's the UFC saying they don't want that fight. Here's the only reason I'm thinking it could be true or is – they're actually trying to make it a co-main event, whatever, however you want to word that, is if Connor is not in the main event, does he get less of the pay-per-view cut? Oh, probably. I'm thinking that might be the reason behind that, if it's actually the reason. It, it's, it doesn't matter because there's no world where Conor McGregor doesn't end up headlining whatever he fights next. It doesn't necessarily have to be a five-round fight. It may not be, even be a title fight, but... Why Conor McGregor's headlining here on out. Why wouldn't it be three, uh, five rounds? Because, I mean, Israel and Anderson was just. Three. I know, but that was a so, situation where the co-main event got bumped up. Like, are you saying you're thinking that Conor doesn't want to fight five rounds, or? No, I just say if no matter what, it doesn't matter if it's three rounds, it's five rounds. Conor McGregor is going to headline. Wow. It, it does. It just doesn't have any uh, business that. For the trying to keep you're cutting out, so I'm going to you're cutting out, so I'm to cut you off. But um, that's the only reason I could think of is would be a money reasoning where they don't have to pay Conor, Conor McGregor as much if he's fighting in the co-main event instead of the main event. Now, from the other side, like what fight is going to outshine Conor McGregor versus Cowboy? Because there isn't one out of anybody on the current roster. It would have to be like fucking Floyd Mayweather versus George St. Pierre. Yeah, there definitely isn't any other fight you can make in MMA that's bigger than any Conor McGregor fight, unless Conor McGregor's fighting like Dennis Seaver. But even then, there's only a few bigger ones, like a Brock Lesnar return, which still may not even happen. But I agree. At this point, though, if Conor McGregor's fighting Dennis Seaver, I don't know if there's a whole lot of fights that are bigger than that, just because it's Conor McGregor's in the cage. Exactly right. That's. I mean, it's a very short list if... Uh, Conor McGregor is in that cage, even if it's against Dennis Seaver. Um, and nothing else sells more than Conor by himself. You mean? Yeah. I don't disagree. Like, you could put Conor in there with pretty much anybody, and it's going to draw more than honestly anybody at all. Period. It's going to draw more than a welterweight title fight right now. I disagree. Mm-hmm. You think you don't? Conor think- Seaver does not sell more than Brock DC. I said pretty much. I, you're probably right That's on Brock like DC. One of the very Brock is pretty much the only entity that can sell more than any Conor McGregor fight. Who's a random 155er right now? 
Uh, Anthony Pettis? No, somebody's lesser known than that even. Um, is Darren Elkins at lightweight? Sure, say Darren Elkins. If Conor McGregor fights Darren Elkins on pay-per-view right now, how many pay-per-views does that sell? At 1. least 450000 I, I think, it, I think no matter what, Conor McGregor is going to sell a million. Probably. Like That's just where Conor's drawing power is. And the fact that the UFC might be considering putting him in a co-main event, the only reason that that's even feasible or could be even fucking conceived would be that the UFC somehow financially benefits from Conor not being in the main event spot. Because or even if, just, like I said, or they just don't want that fight. Even if he's in the co-main event, they they're smart enough to know that Connor's still the draw on that card. Yes. So that's the only reason that could be a possibility that that is being even considered that Connor versus Cowboy would be a co-main event. Now I still don't know that I believe it in the first place. Anyways, that that's the reasoning stopping it. I assume any time a Connor McGregor, any time Connor Connor McGregor negotiations aren't going smoothly is because Conor McGregor wants something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. When the other, when the opposition wants it 120%. Right, Cowboy. Cowboy is definitely at 150% in on the Conor fight. 170. 170%? Yeah. You try to up one up me, so I'd up you. 185% ready. you, 200. 205% ready for that fight against Conor McGregor. Calm down, <laughs> women. <laughs> um, But, yeah. He's definitely all in. I think that it's going to happen. When is Connor up for his... When can he return? I don't know. Isn't it like anytime after April? I think so. I, I feel like it'll He's happen. He's not fighting for July, fight. yeah. Do you think that is still going to be the fight that happens? Yeah, I think so. And we had to have talked about it at some point, but I don't remember what anybody said. I don't know what the fuck to think. It got scheduled in air quotes three times already. It feels like so. Like it's not. Is it? It feel like it's never gonna happen. And it feels like it's gonna happen. And whenever his suspension's released in the middle of summer, it's like one minute's happening, one minute's not. It's fucking annoying. So I'm not gonna believe anything's gonna happen till the fight happens. This is probably the wrong way to look at it by me, but the fact that Joe Rogan said it was pretty much happening, like it had to have been extremely close to being set in stone that it was happening. If Joe Rogan thought it was happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. Because they don't tell Joe stuff when it isn't super clear, I feel like. Because he's, I think, oops more than a few times on his podcast. For sure. Um, And I know we've had to talk about it at some point, but I don't remember what anybody said. If the fight does get announced, if the fight does happen, who do you think wins that fight? Conor McGregor. Brendan? Connor finishes him. I don't know. I think it's extremely close. I think it, I mean, you're 100% right that it's really close. Just look at every big fight, I mean, really big fight Cowboys ever been in. I agree. Connor's extremely accurate and extremely powerful, but Cowboy is infinitely better everywhere else. Yeah. Infinitely better. Much bigger, too. I don't think he takes Conor to the ground. And if he does, I see I see this fight happening maybe like Mendes, if anything. He maybe get taken to the ground, but he's going to butcher him from the top. He's going to butcher him from the bottom. What I would be worried about is Cowboy just walking in there and being happy to be there. He catches Anthony Smith syndrome, where he's just happy he's getting that Conor McGregor payday and isn't all that worried about winning the fight. I don't know if Cowboy would do that, but it's something That's I would be worried about. That's not a Cowboy about. move. 
Cowboys competitive. It isn't a cowboy move, but a cowboy move is getting caught to the body and crumbling. That's what I'm like halfway picturing too. Is Conor McGregor just ripping body shots at Cowboys that, That's him, literally what I think is going to happen. It does. If it wouldn't matter when he would fight him, if it, he would have gotten scheduled against Cowboy Cerrone at any point in his UFC career, after I saw the RDA fight, the Cowboy RDA fight, that's how I would picture that fight goes. Um. And then, did you see the exchange between Cowboy and Nate Diaz that happened at the pay-per-view last weekend? Two weekends ago, whatever that was? I did not. Uh, I guess Nate was walking by when Cowboy's getting interviewed. Cowboy asked... Oh, when... I, I, I saw a tweet about it today. Cowboy asked Nate when he was fighting again. Nate said, it's not me, it's the UFC. Cowboy said, well, I'll fight you. Nate said, let's do it at 185. I don't want to cut weight anymore. Cowboy said, okay. Are you interested that, in... There's if the... no way that that happens, especially no, at 185. Probably not. But if the Connor versus Cowboy fight doesn't happen, are you interested in Cowboy versus Nate again? I'm so done with the Diaz brothers. I'd watch the fight, but <laughs> I wouldn't think that the phrase. fight would happen. That'd be a fun ass fight. Hope Diaz gets knocked the fuck out, even though it would happen. Who do you think wins that fight? Uh, probably Nate Diaz, because it still would be one of the bigger fights of Cowboy's career. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Sadly, um. Some more fight announcements. Jose Aldo versus Alexander Volkanovsky is happening in Brazil. UFC 237, right? Yeah, something like that. It's just a very... They, they just fumbled the ball with that one. That was the worst matchup you could make with Jose Aldo. If, he isn't, if he's staying at 145, and this is his second, his penultimate, throwing out a college word, his penultimate bout in the UFC. You got it, you got it wrong. It's penultimate. There's no T in between pen and ultimate. Wow, shows how I must not have done that well in English class. Um, in his penultimate bout in the UFC, why are you giving him Alexander Volkanovsky? There's so many better matchups. It should have been Brian Ortega. It could have been Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson, any of those guys. Here's why. Or he moves up to welterweight, or not welterweight, uh, lightweight. Here's why I think they're doing it. Um, why? There's two reasons. A. Either they aren't that interested in Alexander Volkanovsky as a contender, so they think Jose Aldo can get rid of him for right now. Or Alexander Volkanovsky gets a giant win over Jose Aldo in Brazil, builds somebody who could be a legitimate name in the featherweight division, and if Max is moving up to lightweight and staying there, like what the three of us think he might be, then you have a legitimate uh, fight for that vacant featherweight no, championship between Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky. You think he's staying at lightweight? I think if he wins against Tony Ferguson, he's not going back to featherweight because he doesn't want to make the weight cut. He's fighting Dustin Poirier, but... Yeah, that that too. Him also. Hmm. Tough. But I think that's the reason they're doing that is because if Volkanovski beats Jose Aldo, you have a very legitimate fight between Volkanovski and Ortega for a featherweight belt that Max Holloway wouldn't be holding anymore if he moves up to lightweight. Okay, so what happens if Max wins, decides he's going to stay at lightweight... And Jose wins. What do you do then? Jose versus Brian Ortega. In his last fight, and then Why if not? he truly wants to retire. I mean, I'm down with it, but you seemed before down on the idea of giving Jose any title fight in his last UFC contracted bout. I am, but like, what else are you going to do with Featherweight? Well, it's not I like mean, they've shied away from that before. I'm 100% there with you, buddy. But you just, like I said, you seemed down on it before, so I'm happy you're seeing the light that I saw. So what is your interest in Jose Aldo versus Alexander Volkanovsky? It's I'm, a fart noise. I'm, inter- <laughs> I'm interested in it from Jose's side. Like Volkanovski's an exciting fighter, and like he's a legit contender at featherweight now. I just not bought in on him yet, which I mm-hmm. probably should be, but I'm not. 
They should. Oh, who they should have done was him against the beat. That would have been so much better. Jose versus the beat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, I can kind of see that. I, it would make it so much more sense because I know in, that Volkanovski has more of a wrestling background and isn't afraid to use it. Was Zabit going to be ready by May though? Man, you make it ready. They got to do Zabit versus Yair anyway. I think right if there's if it isn't officially scheduled, I saw that they're going to do Ortega and Zabit. Oh, I did see that too. I don't love that. I don't either. I, I mean, they screwed it up because Zabit is getting a guy that he I don't think is ready for. In Brian Ortega. I agree. I hope um, Ortega fucks him up. I did see that now that, th- now that you mention it. I yeah, hope Ortega fucks up the beat. It's not official because they were talking about it for June, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Brendan interested in Aldo versus Volkanovski? No, not really. I'm not really interested in Aldo unless it's a title fight. All right, then. Um, that's fair. Uh, so not as much as I guess it was a fight announcement, but also a fight change. We thought we were getting Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa, but I guess we're getting Yoel versus Jacare Souza instead, which I'm far, far, far less interested in. Yeah, 100%. And I guess that the Yoel Paulo fight never was official because I didn't know that Yoel Romero was on some sort of reality show until like last week. And after that, they checked him out to make sure he was going to be in fighting shape by next month and to get cleared by commissions and stuff. And then I guess Paulo either didn't want the fight, wasn't going to be ready in next late next month. I also thought it was going to be in Miami, but they were talking about some other city that's probably just outside of it. Yeah, they moved the card before the fight got changed. Um, that's garbage. Yeah, Yoel versus Costa in Miami was a fucking fire fight. Now, yeah. uh, like, we just seen Yoel versus Jacare not that long ago. It was a pretty run-of-the-mill decision. Like, uh, this one just does not grab my attention as much as the other one. I'm excited to see Jacare. I'm excited to see Yoel Romero. I wish they were both fighting other people. Mm-hmm. I, I think agree. it'll be a fun fight. You, whoever Yoel fights, it's going to be fun. So I'm glad my boy Yoel is still active, will remain active, and I'm glad this fight is scheduled. Although I do agree that another fight would be more entertaining for UL's perspective. I don't really know about Souza, who I could name for a better fight against for him, but I like it all in all. Sunrise, Florida. Ugh. Now, if Yoel Romero wins this, does he just wait for Whitaker to lose the belt? Because the next fight for Whitaker is going to be the winner of Adesanya versus Gastelum. Or if no matter who wins that title unification bout maybe just fights them it doesn't matter if it's Whitaker again to me it doesn't matter if it's Whitaker again because those have been barn burners and Yoel has been seconds away from winning both of them but we we have to have talked about it on the show before but Brendan what do you feel about a third Jacques Ray Whitaker fight even though Whitaker won the first two but the second one was heavily disputed I'm going against my ways I think that's a fun fight I want to see it again I remember after we saw it live, we said, let's run it back right now. So The first two were good enough, and I thought the second one was a draw. I'm fine with the third one being scheduled if that's where the cards fall. And if jo- or if Yoel wins this, like, I don't – and Whitaker retains against Israel or Kelvin, like, I don't see what else you do. Yeah, that's literally – that's the fight to make. Now, this is a great for Jacare because Jacare, like, this could put him in the title fight he's been deserving of forever. 
mm-hmm. but then again, probably not, just because it's such a messy picture at middleweight right now. I think no matter what, who wins this fight is going to be, or should be, next in line after that title unification fight, if it happens. Because I think if you, uh, Robert Whitaker can't make that title unification fight, you just strip him. I mean, you definitely give him the shot when he comes back, but... You just have to keep the division moving, especially with so many killers. So if Whitaker's not ready by the time that the winner of Israel versus Kelvin is ready again, then you strip Whitaker and yes. then give the winner of that fight the winner of this fight, right? Yes, yes. I say that you schedule a fight and tell Whitaker this, that you're planning to fight in September with or without him. I like he'll Israel. Be, Go ahead. And I think that he'll be scheduled, and whether or not he's actually ready, we'll find out. I like Israel Asanya a whole lot. But if he fights Yoel Romero, I don't know that that goes very good for him. That's a I tough matchup so. for Israel Adesanya. Yoel Romero is a problem for anyone yeah. at 185 and 205. I agree. I, I think he destroys Kelvin, to be fair. But I'm just saying, like, the career arc that um, Israel Adesanya is on right now, he does not want to meet Yoel Romero. No. I also don't think he wants to fight mm. uh, Boricinha. I think that that's a real nah, problem. Though. I think he picks apart Boricinha. Boricinha is very much go forward, throw bombs. I think Israel could pick him apart. I don't know, man. I mean, I think you guys are underrating Israel right now. I I, I don't, think I think I'm I'm if anything is... I'm overrating uh, Boricinha because I mean the dude is an absolute machine. The only two fights at middleweight I think I could pick against Israel right now would be Yoel and Whitaker. That's understandable. That's everybody understandable. else, everybody against anybody else, I think I pick Israel. I agree. I think that's understandable. But you guys said this man is scared of him. I don't think that man is scared of anybody. Ooh, I didn't say Israel was scared I didn't of anybody. Say any, no one said anybody. You guys were going along anybody. those lines that I'm I don't, saying. I don't that, think Israel wants to fight him. I don't, I don't think, think Israel, Israel. Israel gives a fuck. I think Israel can compete and bang with all of them. I'm not th- necessarily saying he would win. I think Israel is fine with fighting anybody. I'm just saying for his, like, if he wants to continue. On the rocket ship that he's on right now, Yoel Romero is a very poor matchup for him. I think Israel will 100% going in there, go in there, no, thinking he's going to win and being 100% sure he's going to win. But I don't think he wants to face Romero. You know what I'm saying? It's a bad stylistic matchup. He's going to be game to fight anybody, but just like Connor was game to fight Khabib, but it doesn't mean it's going to end well. Brendan, you guys are kind of changing what you guys were going with. But That's literally what I, we said. You're misunderstanding what we were going with, I think. I don't think I'm not worried. I can't think of another way to word it. Um, Israel would 100% want to fight Romero. His mindset would be he wants to fight Romero. I think it's a terrible matchup for Israel. And as, as sure as he would be that he was going to win that fight, I don't think it's as much in his favor as he thinks it would be. I think he wants to fight him, but I'm saying from the figurative standpoint, he doesn't want to fight you all, Romero. You know what I'm saying? I disagree. That's all I'm going to say. You think it is a good matchup for Israel Adesanya? Not necessarily saying that, but I'm saying anybody in the top three, is gonna have, you're going to have to face them. That's how it works. You're going to have to face somebody in the top of the I division know. to get there. I agree. And for the rocket shit to continue, how you gonna, how you, gonna, you can't avoid them. So I think him fighting Yoel, him fighting fucking Whitaker, him fighting any of them, it's going to be a really tough matchup, and that's what's going to happen for the way on out. It's going to be that way. I don't think there's a major difference between Yoel and uh, Whitaker stylistically that gives a huge advantage or disadvantage towards uh, Israel. So I think either way, I mean, if you want to interpret it that way, uh, Israel's rocket ship's going to start not going up as high because he's going to face that difficult competition, no matter who it is. 
if you had to pick right now between Whitaker and Romero, or not Whitaker and Romero, Israel and Romero, who do you pick? Say that fight scheduled right now. That's the next fight that's happening. That's, that's too tough. I pro- Oof, that's too tough. Who's Israel going to fight right now? Kelvin. Kelvin. Who I, I think I think, I, think I can I can pick that fight after that fight because <laughs> what a cop out. <laughs> it's it's a really tough fight. Bryce, I'd pick Yoel right now. I'd probably pick Israel. I agree. I, p- I would pick Yoel as well. It's because the thing that we always talk about is that if Yoel literally ever uses his wrestling, he wins. There, I don't think there's anyone in that division that can out wrestle him. And I'm not saying that. I 100 like there's no doubt in my mind that Yoel would win that fight. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I just think that it's just a tough matchup for Israel. Like I think Israel would have a good game plan going in. I think but it's a tough matchup for Israel though. That's the way I see it. I disagree though because like like Costa, I think that's the ideal matchup for Israel honestly because despite his power, he's a very fucking blockhead, not the brightest fighter in the world. I think Israel is going to thrive against guys like that. Um, Kelvin's a shorter guy. I think Israel's going to be able to keep him at range, stop the takedowns. Like I think those are good matchups for Israel. I just don't... Yoel and Whitaker, I think, are the two that aren't. And even Whitaker might be, honestly, a good matchup. I don't think that's... I think Whitaker and Yoel are almost the same. Almost maybe maybe be saying it because Yoel they, lost to Whitaker twice, so... The way they end up fighting, I think, is fairly similar. They're both kind of... The way they fight is as... Power strikers, really, like pretty, really good, technical, hard hitting strikers. You know what I'm saying? Who? Yoel and Whitaker. You think they're technical? You don't? I think you don't they're think more bomb thrower. Robert Whitaker is technical? Robert Whitaker is more technical than Yoel. Yoel is more of a bomb thrower. Yoel is a very good boxer. I think a lot of people don't give him credit for that. I think is or all these names. I think Yoel is a very technical, more of if a they're just boxer boxing, I got Israel any day of the week. But what I'm saying yeah. is Yoel has more tools in his toolbox than he actually uses. Like, the way he ends up fighting is similar to Robert Whitaker, but he has more tools than Whitaker does. He just doesn't use them for whatever That's reason. why I'm considering to pick Israel. And, but like Because I think, uh, not to interrupt Israel. you, I think Israel's a better striker than uh, Yoel, but I also think Yoel's a better striker than Whitaker, if you get what I'm trying to say. No, despite... That Yoel is a better all-around fighter. I'm not picking him because he's all-around fighter. Because I think the fight's going to remain standing up. And I'm going to go... If I think the fight's going to remain standing up, am I going to pick the worst striker or the better striker? I'm going to pick the better striker, which I think is Israel. That's my understanding. I agree. Like, there's no sense in, like, going on for the conversation unless it's, like, the fight is happening. Because it's all just guesswork right now. And the three of us really don't really know enough to go into that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you mentioned that. I'm sure people on YouTube agree. It's all very fun to think of. Any of those fights at middleweight are, like, very intriguing. What the heck is next for Paulo Costa, though? I don't know. I'll have to pull up the rankings real quick. But um, all of these fights happening at middleweight, and it's like, he is on a similar trajectory than Israel, but Israel's getting all the hype, and nobody's really talking about Paulo Costa. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. UFC's website is so trash. So, here's the middleweight rankings. You have Whitaker as the champion, obviously. Romero, Rockhold, who's moving up to 205. Jacare, who's fighting Romero. Kelvin, who's fighting Israel, who's number five. Then you have Weidman. Then Paulo Costa, Derek Brunson, Garrett Cannon, and Brad Tavares. So, I guess Chris Weidman? That's not a very good matchup at all. What do you mean for Weidman? For, for Costa, because Weidman isn't afraid to just take guys down. 
I think Paulo knocks out um, Chris I Weidman. I think, assuming he has enough time on his feet to, but I, I see Weidman just forcing, just constantly going for takedowns. Antonio Carlos Jr. did call him out, though, who's ranked 12th. Mm-hmm. It's not a fight I care about, but I'm, I just wanted to say that. While we're talking about Chris Weidman, I have zero faith in him anymore. Yeah, he's trash in my book. Um, one more fight announcement. Alexander Gustafson versus Anthony Smith announced. Uh, Smith with a pretty quick turnaround. I'm not sure when this fight is. May? Stockholm, June. Oh, June. Okay. Late May, early June. Um, I don't know if it's just because of the performance we just saw. Anthony Smith, I just don't have faith in him anymore. I think Gus picks him apart just like Jones did. Not yeah. not as dominant, but I think Gus handles him pretty easily, just like Jones. Gus wins in a five round decision, similar to John Jones, but not nearly as dominant. Agreed, one hundred percent. And like also, in saying him. this, this is probably this might be bad because this is this may be the the spark to Gus thinking he deserves another title match, which is the last thing that we need. And th- there's no way he gets another fight against Jones, right? No, Gus? no way. Like, especially the way the second one went. What did, what must that feeling be as a fighter where you're at that level, like you are in title contention all the time, but you can't fight the champion because you've lost to him twice? It's got to be tough. Like you, but, Gus can't go up to heavyweight because John Jones is going to be in heavyweight real soon. But like, even if that wasn't a factor, like Gus just can't. Gus can't be a heavyweight fighter. If you're really that desperate for a title, go to fucking one. Go to fucking Bellator. Go somewhere else. But if that doesn't bother you that much, stay in the UFC and you're going to have to live with that hump. The hump. Live with the hump. Yeah, I agree with all that. I just think that it, it is what it is. It'd be really hard to stay motivated to because I feel like most people's mentality when they're training to become a UFC fighter is like, I'm going to be world champion one day. And that probably isn't going to happen when you got John Jones that's beaten you twice. All right, I think we, that's it for news. You want to go ahead and get into this weekend's picks? Sure. So we're only picking three fights on this weekend's card. Where is it, Bryce? I so just had am a, I one I had or two behind? I to restart my computer. You are... Because we had two different fights. I'm four back. Brendan's two yes. back, according to what Buju told me last night. I'm two ahead of you, four ahead of Bryce. So you gained yeah. two on me last night? Yep. That's fucked. That's what champs do. But... Uh, like I said, picking four fights on this weekend's card. Bryce is finding out where it's at, I think. Mm-hmm. How long will it take, Bryce? Uh, I'm Go ahead and start talking about the event. Almost. Because now I've got to rely on the UFC's website. It is in London. The O2 Arena. United Kingdom. Wow. That's across wow. the, the big lake. I'm <laughs> sad that you found that out before I did. Yeah, it was very quick. Are you fired? Might be. First fight we're picking on this card. Vulcan Uzdemir versus Dominic Reyes in a light heavyweight matchup. Um, Dominic Reyes, the minus 250 favorite. Vulcan Uzdemir, the plus 210 underdog. What a fall from grace that Vulcan Uzdemir had. He fought for a a title just two fights ago, and now he's a plus 210 underdog to a contender. And I'm picking Dominic Reyes because I have more faith in him. Vulcan Uzdemir fell fell off a cliff, and he fell off the cliff hard. I think Dominic Reyes can make um, moves in this 205-pound division, and I think Vulcan, as brightly as his star burned, I think his time has already passed, and I think Reyes is, is yet to come, so I'm picking Dominic Reyes in this one. I have Darm- Darm- 
I have Dominic Reyes as well being the favorite of this fight. I think he's a better all-around fighter. And boom, there you go. I have Dominic Reyes. Boom, there you go. Bryce? Also Dominic you. Reyes. I have no other reasons that you haven't given already. Co-main event of the night is Gunnar Nelson, the plus 140 underdog, to Leon Edwards, the minus 160 favorite. I'm surprised that Nelson's the underdog in this one. I have him winning. I think he ends up, uh, I think he gets Leon Edwards stuck against the cage, ends up getting him to the ground and submitting him. Leon Edwards is a very good striker. Maybe I'm underrating his ground game, but I just have faith in Gunnar Nelson getting it to the ground and him being much better than Leon Edwards when he does get it there. So I think Gunnar Nelson submits Leon Edwards, despite being the underdog. I think the odds are how they should be. Very close uh, fight, as I think it should be. I don't know. It's a tough fight to pick, but I have Leon Edwards. I also have Give me Leon the opposite Edwards. as Buju. Let me gain one back. You both have Leon yeah. Edwards. Hmm. Yes. Um, hmm. I think that Leon Edwards is a real physical presence. It's a, I feel like a weird way to say it. But he's definitely, he's definitely phys- phys- more physically fit. He's more yes, toned without a doubt. than a white Gunner Nelson. <laughs> As opposed to a, a different skin color Gunner Nelson? Well, white makes it seem weaker. Maybe that's just me. But Gunnar Nelson doesn't have as wow. much tone. I don't know if he has the six-pack going on he for doesn't. him. He um, doesn't. And I, I, I know Gunnar what Nelson you're saying, like a dad. but you're kind of digging yourself in a bigger hole, so I'll let you uh, off. Gunnar Nelson that... is like Roy Nelson's little cousin. He doesn't fit the name Gunnar. No, because he isn't a striker. If he was a striker, he'd be Gunnar. Yeah, or a quarterback. Yeah, backup quarterback for Notre Dame who transferred to Cincinnati. Keep going. <laughs> I think Leon Edwards, uh, in the few fights that I remember of his, uh, I th- he's a much more athletic guy, obviously. He absolutely manhandles, albeit a one a welterweight um, Cowboy Cerrone, who's also very good on the ground. But, again, a weight class too high. Um, and I think that he's going to end up just out-muscling Gunnar Nelson and He's going to avoid that choke, and that's all that Gunner has in this. He's not going to win a decision, I don't think. The main event of the evening, Darren Till is the minus 255 favorite against Jorge Masvidal, the plus 215 underdog. I think Darren Till should be a bigger favorite because I think he picks apart Jorge Masvidal. I think Masvidal is going to rely on getting rely on getting Till stuck up against the cage and then getting that takedown, but I think Till is going to be able to escape that and shut Jorge's game down. I think Darren Till picks Jorge Masvidal apart and gets an easy win in London. Wasn't Till's last fight against Woodley? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's coming off the best competition that you can face, well, as of late. But, yeah, he's coming off greater competition, better competition. Um, I think he's a better fighter. I think he wins easily. Yeah. I don't know about I, as easily as Bruji makes it seem. but I agree with what you guys are saying. I think Jorge Masvidal, he's very good, but Darren Till is essentially a middleweight that somehow can make 170. Because, I mean, he's he would be a pretty big middleweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like you said, Masvidal is going to rely on getting him in the clinch against the cage, and Darren Till is just too big, and I don't think that Jorge Masvidal is going to be able to uh, contain him. Agreed. Do we want to do a hypothetical? We're at 51 minutes. Yes, let's get it. Yeah, we'll do it. So, you either have to go to jail for one year, or or you go to jail, but you get a Rubik's Cube. You get out of jail as soon as you solve that Rubik's Cube. One year. Give me a year. Uh, amen. I've been tooling with a fucking Rubik's Cube for three days, boys. I cannot solve a Rubik's Cube. I would be in jail forever. Give Hold me that on. year. If if I am in jail, do I have access to the internet? No. 
Yeah. You have to, the year. I, maybe you do, but you have to solve this Rubik's Cube without help. You have to use your uh, brain. Give me the year. Yeah, without a doubt. Because let's say I start to get it. I'm getting close, and it's even around the 365-day mark. I'm driving myself crazy after 365 days. Who knows how many fucking hours, seconds, minutes, or whatever, so on and so forth, that I'm putting into this. You're driving yourself pretty fucking crazy. I haven't even got one side of this Rubik's Cube done. I could do once a couple sides of a Rubik's Cube, but that's it. I can't do the whole thing. And people can do it in 30 seconds. It's crazy. Like, once you... If you can... You just have to understand the pattern. But, like, if I have to get it from one side of the... Like, everything is right on one side except one spot. And that one square is on the right side but on the opposite side of the cube. So you have to turn the two that are correct to get the one that is wrong to that side. You know what I'm saying? Like, my brain can't figure out how to get it there. I would I would take a lot longer than most people because I don't think of it as a pattern which is which is you obviously should I just think of it as a, I need all colors on what side so let me get all these colors as close to possible right which isn't which is going to be your downfall yeah I can't get one side done there's no way I'm getting it done in a year so just give me the year so I don't have to worry about the fucking stress of the Rubik's cube because if I'm trying to solve a Rubik's cube for a week and a half I'm just gonna kill myself in prison anyway so just <laughs> give me the year so, I can count down the days I'm gonna do a little little question what's your thoughts on magic is it real or not real. it's not real so (laughs) what are you talking about but like what's your thoughts on magic like magic's fucking crazy but all right it's so fucking crazy it's not real but it's or it's not real but it's real it's it's like (laughs) it's wild like i love magic but it's not real because i don't believe in spirits and magical magical stuff magical is that like magical but different all right this is what happened there i was cleaning up the back of the starbucks or whatever because i work at starbucks Dude, dude had deck of cards. I was like, dude, give me a magic trick. He did the typical fucking thing, which I don't... Wait, there's just a magician hanging out at Starbucks? He's not a magician. He's like one of those motherfuckers that have car- a car- deck of cards and thinks they're like oh. they're, they're the shit. He was pretty fucking cool, though. Um, so I picked a card. So he's just walking around the mall with a deck of cards? No, he's sitting in the back of Starbucks. I know, but... I don't, he's probably practicing. I don't know what the oh, fuck okay. he's doing. That's weird. I'm not fucking asking for his biography. <laughs> Um, so, he does the typical magic trick, he gives me, he lays out the cards, I pick one, he puts it back in his deck, and he somehow fucking picks the card, I don't understand the simplest fucking ma- magic trick, but he did it on me, I'm amazed, but I'm not amazed because this is the most basic trick, okay, end of story, and then he gives me a card, I fucking look at it, he says, he turns around, he doesn't even see, He no way he knows what card it is, obviously, I put the card in my hands. He says, squeeze my hand as tight as I can. I'm squeezing that fucking card hard as fuck. He, he tells me to flick my fingers while I'm holding the card. I do that. He turns around. He says, open my hands. It's a fucking different card. Whoa. It went from an ace of diamonds to a fucking queen of something. That's crazy. <laughs> the card was fucking skin tight in my hands. It was clearly only one card in my hand, and it fucking changed cards. I can do one magic trick. You want me to do it right now? Hold on. Talk, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, it's crazy. Like, how do you... Obviously, there's a trick to it, and it's probably extremely simple. Once you figure it out, you just have to be really good at mastering whatever the sleight of hand or whatever it is you have to do. But yeah. the fact that people have time to learn things like that, and that's kind of on the same, like, um, track as the Rubik's Cube. Like, whose brain figures that shit out? Because mine can't. A fucking I mean, different also, card. And I'll I mean, there's people that make rockets go... In the air, and yeah. I couldn't do it. Some people just have different fucking brains than we have. Yeah. No. Yeah. I fucking open up my hand after it being skin, skin tight, and it's a different 
card. That's crazy. All right, you want to see my magic trick now? Uh-oh. I'm about to do a magic trick on radio. Bryce, you want to give play-by-play? I already know what you're doing. I can't what? see it. You don't I already have know your what you're doing. Go on. ahead. What am I going to do? Do it. Tell me what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do. Exactly, bitch. But if I'm... I don't lie, so... All right. Are you going to rip that paper in half? No. Right. I'm going to stuff it. Look, this normal okay. receipt, right? It's a Puma receipt. I'm putting it in my fist. He's a big Puma guy. That's a big... No this is from a year ago, to be fair. You've bought Puma more recently than a year ago, though. All right. You saw me stuff it in my wrist, right? I don't have it in this hand. Wave your hand over my hand. You ready? <laughs> that was terrible. I was. I, I thought you were actually going to do? do it. I gave him the finger. <laughs> it's just an elaborate ruse to give him the finger. Um, did we do it? We did it. Time to fucking eat. I'm starving. Bryce, you do the wrap-up this week. Okay. Um, I'm dealing with Norton security pop-ups here. Okay. If you enjoyed this, you can give us a follow. Give us a shout on any form of major social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's at Untitled MMA on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Untitled MMA. We're also on YouTube, also Untitled MMA. Uh, if you have any questions for us, use the hashtag AskUntitled. I really have been dropping the ball and not tweeting that out. But you can either use the hashtag AskUntitled on Twitter or comment or DM us on any of those social media platforms aforementioned, and we'll get back to you and we'll answer your question. Um, did I miss anything? You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere those podcasts. You can listen to this one there. Rate, review, subscribe, leave some feedback on those platforms. Easiest ways to help the show, and we appreciate it very much. So take the fucking time, you lazy fucks. And do one of those things that takes mere seconds and very few clicks on your mouse, keyboard, or phone. Figure it out. Help the show. Goddamn do it for once. You lazy fucking pieces of shit. You just can't be antagonizing our listeners like that. We appreciate all of you. I'm the protagonist in the story. They are the antagonists. So I will antagonize the antagonists all I want. I feel like the listeners aren't the antagonists. They're just neutral people. To me, they're antagonists. That's a very bad take on life. <laughs> the the <laughs> listeners of this show are my enemy. <laughs> uh, well, if you hate Buju, use the hashtag Ask on Titles, and I'll read off whatever it is you say. Please do week. that. Roast me, roast me, King. <laughs> I, I support it. Bryce is there me. anything else that anyone wants to bring up? No, end it. Mercy. Roast is more five years ago than typical day present well i'm more five years ago than typical day present to be fair typical day present was terrible i don't know i said it but i said it it's a wrap